This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I, Charles IV, or is it the third? Bloody pain. We will strive for the detoxification of the Let me put it to Yes, you Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? Do you know what's ruining this country? Strikes. Last week, the teachers... So Conservative MP Andrea Jenkins told striking teachers they should strike during the summer holidays so that children won't miss lessons. What a marvellous idea, because refusing to turn up when you're not supposed to turn up anyway, and even if you did, you wouldn't be able to get into the school as the gates are locked and you'd set off the alarms, is a much more effective way of making a protest. And the teachers could be even more sensitive and only go on strike in the middle of the night when they're asleep. Or there could be a rule that teachers can only strike after they've died, and that way they would still make their voice heard without interrupting the geography lesson that they wouldn't have been able to take anyway, as they were cremated in 1956. The obvious solution is a new series of laws that are urgently required about strikes. We must keep the legal right to strike, because that's an important part of a democracy, but a workforce should only be allowed to stop working in jobs they don't do. So if teachers want to make a point, they should announce they're not going to drive any trains. And then if the train drivers have got something to moan about, they can refuse to teach chemistry. So they'll all be free to protest without disturbing anyone. And if the unions still find ways of inconveniencing someone, there should be another law that you can only refuse to do jobs that no longer exist. So if health workers win a ballot for strike action, they can announce, our members have experienced a fall in living standards of 15% over the last 10 years. And as a result, we have reluctantly called for three days of action, during which we will not weave any cloth on a power loom. Now, we understand this will upset the plans of 19th century damsels who are hoping to purchase a nightgown, but we have been forced into this out of desperation. See, these kids depend on their teachers for an education, and the days they're missing due to these strikes will probably ruin their entire lives. They'll fail to get into university because they missed their lesson this week on the strike day, and they'll end up homeless and probably become serial killers. So I hope the unions are pleased with themselves. Now, the Education Secretary, Gillian Keegan, said the strike shouldn't happen at any time, but especially not now, because children are recovering from the pandemic. Not only that, it's only nine months since no work was done by kids because the Queen died. And it's only 82 years since schools were shut because of the Blitz. And it's only 111 years since the Titanic sank. And only 957 years since schools were shut because of the Battle of Hastings although this mostly only affected schools around Hastings. But the unions haven't even spared schools from Hastings, have they? The selfish pigs. One newspaper headline told us some striking teachers spent their strike day on a picnic. 
So this proves this strike isn't about a pay rise or about working conditions, as they claim. It's an excuse for a sandwich and a pickled onion. And if it was a proper strike, they would spend all day listening to solemn music and looking out mournfully over a cliff. Because the strikes are supposed to be in demand of a pay increase. Because thousands of teachers have left the job, leaving classes in hundreds of schools with no teachers. Well, that's the way it is, and we've just got to put up with it, haven't we? If the money isn't there to provide teachers, then the kids will have to go without. They might learn to appreciate then that you don't get things for free. And in any case, they won't mind missing a few lessons because most kids can't stand them anyway. They got used to it going on during the pandemic, so they can't be too upset at missing the odd hour now, can they? An hour here or there won't make any difference to their education, will it? What a fuss about nothing. What the fuck? This week, the country seems obsessed with a possible scandal involving a BBC presenter. And this seems to have upset a lot of people, especially this woman who I overheard in a cafe. Well, I heard Richard Maidley on Good Morning Britain say something about a BBC presenter being in trouble for paying someone to send them photos to fund their crack habit. So I said to the nanny, well, you're always complaining about not having enough money. Maybe you could get into your underwear and send photos to people from the BBC like Esther Ranson or Mary Berry or Basil Brush. They must have £35,000 to spare. I'll let you keep 10%. Come on, hurry up. And she just started swearing at me in Albanian. And my daughter Nectarine said that's an awful lot of money to pay for crack cocaine. The clever girl worked out that you could buy 1,750 rocks for that sort of money, which just goes to show what a genius she is at maths. So anyway, I rang the sun and I said, well, I've got an even bigger scandal for you. My husband Colin has left me for Tara from the spin class. And the man who answered the phone said, who's Colin? I said... He's the head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate area. Call yourself a journalist. I've got a picture of him here in a field full of teenagers. It was at the school fete to raise money to buy a school walrus. Now how much are you going to pay me? I asked Calvados, my homeopath, if he had any remedies for divorce, and he told me to put one cactus spike in a glass of almond milk and then send him the picture of me holding it in my underwear, and that should ensure I keep the cottage in Provence. And the next thing I know, the picture has ended up in the Surrey Examiner and the Hendersons have put it on the WhatsApp group. But that's the trouble with some people. It's just me, me, me. Excuse me, is this crack cocaine ethically sourced? What the fuck is going on? We all know one thing above all else about trying to find out what the fuck is going on. You need expert advice. And <laughs> we have scoured the planet for the expert, that is Mr. Nabil Abdul-Rashid. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. That, that is a question I find myself asking almost every day in all sorts of situations. All sorts. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, to, to work it out at last. I bet it's been... People have been asking it for millions of years. I bet before there was language, the earliest Neanderthal people were sat in caves... And there was sort of there was probably there was probably some other Neanderthal who was writing a newspaper about all the other Neanderthals and blaming them for <laughs> because I one swear of them. That was a super week ago. Now there's all kinds of fish climbing on this. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? They were going. Unfortunately, the Neanderthals, as far as we know, didn't have podcasts. 
Well, I mean, there's this one guy named Joe Rogan. But apart from that, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, the first thing we've got to cover here, so we have something in common here, which is residing in the borough of Croydon. So, oh, gang, gang. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm from the mean, mean streets of suburban Croydon, so it's always good to bump into another Croydonian, you know. Yeah, and you were taught, you were referring to, to your area as the disputed border. Yes, well, I'm well, disputed with uh, Addiscombe Bromley and these areas. It's a tough turf war going on right now. And, very, uh, very tough. Uh, tough. I can't see it. it. I'll be honest, <laughs> I can't see an end to it. It's been going on for 70 years. Uh, the Brom- Bromley claims an area around West Wickham and going right down into you know almost as far as Shirley. Yeah, some of them have some of them have, have some Bromley settlers have actually occupied the land going up you know, almost as far as Ashburton. You know, back in the seventies. Very soon we'll be stood outside our houses throwing rocks at Bromley trucks that come <laughs> to pick up our garbage. <laughs> no, you don't belong here. <laughs> Free, yeah, exactly. free, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then, if you, if, uh, if you, in this any way, uh, suggest that the troops of Bromley are not allowed to fire on people in Croydon, you'll be expelled from the Labour Party. Yeah, yeah. This is a shame, you know, <laughs> considering how they've bankrupted the borough of Croydon anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, no one know. needs to go to war with Croydon. Croydon is quite capable of destroying itself. Tell yeah. you what's funny though, right? So my wife had been out of work for a bit, and she's like, "Oh, I want to get back into work. I want to have something to do for myself." I say, "Well, you're working. What the house is? You say there's too much work at home. And you want to go out and work outside?" So no, I want to go work. She joins Croydon Council, and three months later, they announced bankruptcy. I'm like, "See." It's not just me. It's <laughs> just expensive. <laughs> You're too, she's the reason. She's the reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, if ever there's a divorce, I, can't, I think it's cut and dried. I, the, uh, that, this is just for people, for if there's anyone listening who isn't in the borough of Croydon, this is the uh, extent of how bankrupt they were. So I've got no recycling thing here. I don't know, someone nicked the, the little, you know, the little thing, tub thing that you have to put all the cardboard and bottles and all that. <clears throat> so I've sent off an email, and anyone who knows me knows this level of administration takes me about eight weeks to get around to because I've physically find it so difficult so i sent off a little email saying can i please have a recycling thing so i can take me because i was i was having to get up at like six in the morning when i heard the rubbish truck come round and just carry all the bottles and cardboard out and stuff <laughs> and you know when you go out and you know the thing when you hear the rubbish and you go oh no it's the rubbish and you go out there and they go no it's tuesday we don't take it's dead squirrels on a tuesday you know how complicated it is <laughs> yeah. so <clears throat> <laughs> we only take uh, lithium on a Monday, so so I sent off this email saying, "Can I please have a recycling thing to put all the stuff in?" And they sent one back saying, "Because of the financial state of Croydon Borough, we have got no recycling baskets for at least six months." How shit is that? That is, a- <laughs> bro, like. 
I mean, I, I grew up, <clears throat> I grew up in northern Nigeria as we were for transitioning from the military dictatorship to a full <laughs> democracy. <laughs> My mom is currently visiting. Now, obviously, our, our bit of Croydon is kind of nice, but we went into West Croydon and she said, Lapi, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> What's going on here? What kind of poverty is this? If she, if she wants to start up a, a podcast in Nigeria with what the fuck is going on, and we can start to sort of make this in, an international franchise. I mean, you, you, you don't, I don't see anyone. You have, you can't describe West Croydon to someone and they believe you. You know, yeah. Like it's, it's, you know how like anyone listen. You know how like normal people like, in video games characters just spawn out in midair. It's like that for crackheads in West Croydon. They just appear. In the middle of this, I'm like, bro, it's seven o'clock in the morning. How are you? How yeah. are you this high this early? Drug yeah. leaders aren't even awake yet. Did you? Wow. Mm. I yeah. must agree with you here. I don't want to be judgmental, but for me, I think you shouldn't really start taking crack until three in the afternoon. Yeah, at least. You know, at least uh, get the admin out of the way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> make sure you're out there. Please, they'll be good at admin because I used to run a supporting housing organization in Croydon and like we worked with vulnerable men and stuff. And like, um, one of the guys... Uh, one of the guys I looked after was a, a crack connoisseur. So, like, we had to search the properties every now and then. And believe me, I saw some things I didn't want to see. You know, like, how you have to explain to a client that you got rid of his anal beads. Anyway, so, I, <laughs> this guy had, like, a box, right? And it was fine crafted. It looked like, you know when people go to have a duel and they have, like, a a little pistol or musket in there. Mm. And I opened it and there was a finely carved crack pipe. And oh. he had like all this pipe. And like the box had like things he'd made for each apparatus. It looked like something Batman would have. Oh, I like that. Belt. And I'm like, I'm not even this organized. I feel <laughs> sad that I'm confiscating this because this is a fair bit of haberdashery. That when <laughs> the craftsmanship, you could, I could have sold this on eBay and just sold it as a normal pipe. Now, I think we should, we're missing a trick. We should hire crackheads because you can't just be a part-time crackhead. It takes dedication, it takes planning, it takes commitment. And have you seen how fast those guys are? Honestly, they're amazing. I think we should, the the cure for Croydon's um, bankruptcy should be to hire all the crackheads in West Croydon because they'll do a better job than the idiots we have there already. All these guys close at 4.30 when they're supposed to be open till six. Hey, I hate Croydon Council. Croydon Council, if you're listening to this, I hope whatever jobs you have next, you're bankrupt and fired from them too. I hate you guys. <laughs> Took them three weeks to come and get rid of the furniture I kept outside my house after going through the legal channels. Yeah, yeah, that was so terrible. Of <laughs> I agree with you about but I'm I'm really interested in this bloke's sort of beautiful pipe and all that because it's oh, much it the pristine. same as... But you know, like if you're, you know, you'll get a brandy connoisseur. It's not, I don't really know anything about brandy, but you'll get a brandy connoisseur and they won't just, it, it's not just sort of like, hey, I'll get this down you. It's a, 
Oh, no, 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 no. No, you must just fill the glass. Must have a proper yes. wide brandy glass. Swill it so the African warm warms the bellies. You swill it. Oh, the beautiful smell and the aroma. And I'm, I'm not that like with Bordeaux, the rum. circa 1887. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The same thing where exactly. you must find a very vintage <laughs> telephone box. Uh, then proceed to strip yourself naked. Then, oh, this, this is, this is oh, the finest. Oh, this is wonderful. Acne. <laughs> oh, it's marvellous, wonderful sort of light blue colour. You must appreciate that. Sniff the crystal meth first. Yes. Sniff it. Don't just ram it down your throat. Do I, do I take the hint of lavender with the baking soda? And perhaps some rat poison just to give it the... <laughs> Oh, do you know there are, there are some connoisseurs with one sniff of crack, they can tell you the precise lab that it came from. Oh, yes, yes. This indeed was from Tyrone's bathroom uh, when his mum was out. It's probably about two o'clock in the afternoon as she went to sight. <laughs> yeah. You listening, Croydon? This is the, this is the sort of content that's going to bring down, bring down the, the man. Now, we yeah. have something very, very important to discuss because we've got to work out what the fuck is going on. What the fuck is going on in the bill? The whole country seems to be obsessed with the identity of a person who may or may not have gone on a dating app and offered money to someone who may or may not, looks like not, have been underage and uh, in order to fund a, a crack habit, one can only hope that they have a nice proper pipe when they use it. <laughs> that's the biggest scandal that's going to come out of all this. Oh, my God. Not only was this person paid this money to send in nude pictures of themselves to fund their crack habit, but then they just did it out of a sturdy old pipe rather than a beautifully beautifully yeah, crafted I mean, one. Morals, people. This is the degradation of society. You know, your, your pipe says a lot about you. <laughs> Not the fact that you're a crackhead. That just says one thing, but the pipe... <laughs> that should be adverts. Your crack pipe says more about you than you may think. Mm. I mean, yeah. Whenever I meet someone who's been dancing in a bin somewhere, and, you know, fighting spirits that I cannot see, <laughs> what really makes me judge them is the paraphernalia with which they consume or imbibe the narcotic of choice. <laughs> you know, I mean, what I want to know is how... <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's what the, the sort of the war the war on drugs, which clearly isn't working. If it was a just if it was more concerned with making sure that people consumed it through beautifully made pipes. I mean, it's not like Joe Biden uh, distributed crack pipes in his first couple of weeks as president. No, but now the point we mustn't get distracted because I've just been. Just this very morning as we're recording this, listening to a phone-in thing on the radio. And mm. people, as you can imagine, people who phone in, and we're very lucky we have someone on this podcast who phones in, but the the people on the, the phone-in things, and there was one bloke going, I pay my licence fee, so I'm entitled to know what these presenters are doing because I pay my licence fee to them. And I thought, that doesn't entitle you to know everything they do. Does it? I, I got on a bus. I got on a 157 the other day, right? And I paid my bus fare. 
therefore, I'm entitled to know if that bus driver with who's taken my money has ever been caught by his wife having a wank in the kitchen. Too right, mate. Too right. <laughs> Stay in that. Sorry. So, I mean, the thing is, these are the same people that then say we should leave Boris alone and, you know, we shouldn't pry into his personal business and so on and so forth. So, yeah, these are the same people that say we should leave these Tory politicians alone and their private lives are their private lives. But you know what? You should never um, let facts interfere with cognitive dissonance, right? Um, I, I, I think it's, we know why they want to know. Right, and we all know like there's a certain fashion society obsessed with this sort of stuff, but only when it comes from people of certain political persuasions yeah, or yeah. religious persuasions. So it would be. I wonder if they would have this much um for a, if it was a guy on GB News. Is what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, well, exactly. well, it, more than that, isn't it? Because the Sun newspaper, who are now, as we're sort of recording this, God knows what state it'll be by the time you hear this, but the, the, the Sun newspaper, who uh, then have, have now added a claim that the horror of everything that happened is added to by the fact that apparently this presenter broke lockdown rules. And and if there is one organ in this country that has been a stickler for lockdown rules, it's the Sun newspaper, whose deputy editor was at the party. Deputy editor was at the party in 10 Downing Street. He was on the job. He was, you see, see, I don't like what you're doing. Are you slandering and besmatching the good character of the Sun? Is that what you're doing? I am. You are becoming very unbecoming, sir. <laughs> uh, now, Bill, it's been brilliant to to work out what the fuck is going on with well, what's what what's the fuck is going on with you? Then, what have you got coming up soon? Oh well, I'm making my debut in Edinburgh. I'm there at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for a four month, uh, doing my show, The Purple Pill, and um, yeah, I think people should come and see it because if they don't, um, they they won't live long. There's a curse. On people that don't like to listen to the show, uh, and where no is pressure. it? It's at the uh, it, it, it's at the Pleasance, the besides in the, the courtyard. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. A nice venue. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah. if you Pleasance can't make it to Edinburgh, you can't. You can come catch me anywhere across the UK from October doing the Purple Pill. And no, Purple Pill is not a drug reference. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nabil. We know what the fuck is going on. Go and see Nabil if you possibly can. And um, or even if you can't, yes. Where there's a will, there's a way. What the fuck is going on? As you know, we like to get all sorts of views on this podcast, so we're delighted once again to be joined by Mike Concrete, the master of gently teasing out opinions. Uh, right with us next is Daniel Ibsen. He's a sporting sensation, a boxer. Tearing up the middleweight amateur division, and he's been tipped for gold at the Paris Olympics. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, there's a long way to go. I hope I can keep focused and deliver for Great Britain next year. Yeah, so do we all, mate. How did you get started in the fight game? Did your dad take you down the gym to toughen you up and turn you into a proper man? Wouldn't happen now, would it? <laughs> Every time you punch someone, you'd be sent on an anger management course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Mike. There were no gyms in the town of Nigeria where I was brought up. Uh, we came to this country back. What in, do you mean, uh, Nigeria? Uh, 
I thought you were fighting for Great Britain. That's right, Mike, and I'm proud to be a UK citizen. So you're allowed to uh, come to this country and punch people who were brought up here? Is that right? Well, it's boxing, Mike. You know, I, and no one dare arrest you because you're foreign. I don't think it's against the law to punch people in boxing. <laughs> I, and I expect you brought all your family here and they punch people as well. Not really, mate, because they're not middleweight boxers. What about British people like my caller Elsie from this morning? She's 63 with arthritis and hasn't been able to get a job. If you weren't over here taking our jobs, that middleweight boxing job could be hers. If she wants to come to my gym, I'd be happy to give her some tips. <laughs> this is why we need a proper Brexit. It was supposed to stop people like you coming over here from Europe. Oh, dear. Mike. Nigeria isn't part of Europe. Yes, it is. See ya, Daniel. That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder the BBC's full of perverts. Here's Elon Musk with today's crossword clue. Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, saintly, radiant, beatific, is that a word, people, for as little as £2 a month, just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com, www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. Or to really be at the forefront of the highest elite of people who can work out what the fuck is going on for just £4 a month, you will get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended interviews and bonus sketches. This week, there's a brand new feature, Saving with Sunak, with money-saving expert Martin Sunak. And you will get discounts on live shows, which we will be doing more of later in the year. Also, you'll get the episodes on Friday nights, unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday mornings, frothing at the mouth, unable to speak, shaking, guzzling down antidepressants uh, and so go to www.patreon.com and type in what the f is going on to join the wtf community it has come to the point of the week when everybody stops still and listens like people in a futuristic dictatorship when the tannoy announcements declare that the great leader is about to tell us what we should think for this week and it is time for the announcements, podcastees, uh, when I will tell you that. Well, I'll say the same as I say every week. It's the same announcement. Just like on the trains, when the uh, on the railways, every single time you sit on the train, it tells you to uh, be very careful if you see anything that doesn't look right to make sure that you tell everybody uh, because see it, say it, sort it. It doesn't just, if, if it left it one day, you'd think, Imagine if they just didn't tell you one day to do that, and that was the day that you saw like um, a huge bomb in the corner of the carriage and thought, well, there's not been an announcement telling me to, to tell anybody after I'd seen it, and then it would be sorted. So I presume that doesn't really, that doesn't really apply anymore, and there were 800 dead. You'd feel so guilty, wouldn't you? Similarly, I'm going to tell you the same thing as I told you last week, which is that we'll be doing live shows of the podcast later on this year. 
and that uh and i'm going to be doing my own show and evening part of the morning with mark Steele. with a little interrain in between the sort of first lot of shows and the second and i'll be doing them starting i think it's september the 15th or something in places such as evesham in worcestershire and shrewsbury and inverness the eden court beautiful eden court theater in inverness and dunfermline if i can be bothered to go all the way to inverness surely you can go to evesham even if you're from inverness which is less of a distance has, has there ever been a slogan more likely to sell something than than that but not only that there are a load of questions that have come in, partly from our Patreon supporters, such as Richard Vine, who asks, I have a green question. How can we recycle our useless MPs? I think this must be uh, following on from last week's uh, show with Caroline Lucas. How can we recycle our useless MPs? If stupid was a physical thing, it would be so easy to do. Any ideas? I think this is a brilliant idea, Richard. With there should be, there's probably in most areas, much as we joke about it, there probably is one period of the week left unused by the rubbish people. And this could be a time for recycling useless MPs. Uh, so you go out there on a Tuesday morning with your cardboard or your, your little plastic things that little bits of your coleslaw come in or whatever, and they go, no, 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 that's tomorrow. Today is useless MPs. And you go, oh, Christ. Oh, I've bagged him all up yesterday. Well, you'll have to leave it to next Wednesday now and you have to get your useless MP and just like stick him in the corner of the kitchen in the recycling area. And then you have to wait until the following week and then cut him. All right, then. Or, or, you, or the next morning you'd hear the rubbish. Oh, no, it's quarter past six and I've got, forgot to put him out. There's no point in putting him out before the bloody the night. You can't put your useless MPs out the night before the foxes get hold of him. Just rip the fucking useless MP to shreds. And there's, oh, and all their bloody lost documents just go flying all over the, the street. So then you have to get up and put them out. Are you sure you're a useless MP? Yeah, he's a useless MP. You mind if I just try? Because we're not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why is. Uh, <laughs> Why has the council gone, your local, your local council gone bankrupt? I'm very glad you asked me that question, and I'd, I'd like to answer it by making these two irrelevant points. Yeah, all right, fair enough, Mark. We'll tip him in the back of the truck. That's how we go. And then there could be a, the trouble is then, environmentally, there'd be a great big kerfuffle because of the huge landfill. Look at, there'll be a documentary about it. This landfill now has 800 useless MPs and so on. Benjamin Mardi on Patreon says, now this is a very philosophical question. What the fuck is happening with education? After watching the new BBC documentary on Northern Ireland, I thought, how was I not taught anything on this subject growing up? And I've noticed it with other moments in history too. Uh, I, now, I, absolutely, of course, we all know if you take a vague glance at the history of England, you will spot that we haven't always been as kindly and welcoming as we are, as is somewhat suggested. I remember doing a bit in the act once many years ago, and it was it was absolutely true. There was a when I was at, at primary school or, or junior school, it would be called. So I was in nine or ten. There was a teacher called Mister Turton who used to whack you with a slipper rather hard if you were um, if you did 
if even if you looked not at him, if you muttered anything, any if you per- perceived to make a noise, he would uh, bend you over and give you a good thrashing with a slipper. He also had a map, and my memory of it is of him literally going across the map, uh, and he would go, this was ours, 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 and then he pointed to America and go, that was ours, but we had to give it back. (laughs) On the other hand, you could quite easily see, just more accurately, Someone pointing at the same map with a stick and going, we fucked that place up, we fucked that place up, we stole people from there and took them over there, we we ruined that, we took all their minerals, uh, but yeah, it, it goes to prove that the history of Britain is a subjective matter, I suppose. Northern Ireland in particular, because we just sort of, when you first, when I first came across the idea that, oh my God. God, it isn't just that these people are mad then. So, you know, I was sort of a kid in the 70s, and so the, the history was all about, well, the, the news was so often just, there are these just mad people in Ireland, mad, and all they do is just cause violence for no reason. That it, It's just a crazy notion they've got that they would rather be Irish than British, and so they just blow things up. And, and when you first come across... The, the reasoning for it, you don't have to agree with it. I certainly don't agree with it. But if you, when you come across the, the the reasons behind it, oh my God, England did that. They colonised the place. They drew a border across there to keep the rich bit for themselves. They sent uh, troops and special troops called the Black and Tanju to torture people. Oh my God, no wonder these people are cross. Then, uh, of course, it is. But, but of course, otherwise, the violence of people in any anti-colonial movement is just out of context. It's just that they're all violent and it's as mad as going, do you know, in 1944, these lunatics went onto the beach in northern France with tanks and guns and just started firing at people in the local town. Oh, what is the matter with people? Oh, no, that was D-Day, you see. Yeah, but I mean, there's no need for that. Obviously, you have to put things in context. Anyway, that I suspect that's going to go down well, isn't it? Equating <laughs> equating the anti-colonial Irish nationalist movement with troops at D-Day. <clears throat> okay, that's me cancelled. David Twyford on Twitter asks, what the fuck is going on with the media following the son's dead cat story and no one mentioning Boris Johnson failing to end over his WhatsApp messages. Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from, David Swyford on Twitter. Again, I don't think... Uh, the dead cat story is, is this not Boris Johnson's phrase for what he would do if he was being asked a series of uh, unpleasant and awkward questions, which did happen most minutes in Boris Johnson's career? And so he would, it is theory was if you throw a dead cat on the table everybody forgets the questions they're asking and talks about the dead cat right uh this i presume is you referring to the unnamed as i say sit here might be named by the time you hear it uh bbc presenter i don't think it's that i think the sun 
is pursuing this because they hate the BBC. And so if there's a BBC presenter who's done something that they can make out, makes him an utterly unpalatable, disgusting, disreputable character, then they will do that as proof that the BBC is thoroughly rotten and the world will be much better off if the BBC was shut down and all of the world's media was passed into the far more reputable, responsible and sensible hands of Rupert Murdoch. That probably is what lies behind it, I would suggest. Oh, what the fuck, oh, what the fucking fuck is going on? Oh, you know the routine? It's impossible to find out what the fuck is going on without advice from across the generations. And we are lucky, I am lucky to have with me as part of... uh, I am lucky that an acquaintance of mine uh, who was bred especially for this purpose nearly 27 years ago is with us now. Elliot Steele. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. What the- I've, I've, been, uh, I've been looking at a lot of like left-wing things this week. All right. Before. Yeah. Well, just like... What, do you want to overthrow the uh, prevailing order and establish a, um, a system of of communal production i would i would love to do that just no but the only problem with that is it would make people on the left slightly happy and that would annoy me <laughs> i don't want people on the left to uh to enjoy what's themselves pe- what, but I, that, I, what's what's people on the who are people on the left that could that's that's just like that's such a wide term of people that could be anyone well they they, they are well, this is the thing that I've I've come to realise about the left is yeah. Given that, right before you say this, I I've always had I've always felt a little bit uneasy about the term the left. So I don't really know because it could include people who people who would support the Soviet Union at their most barbaric for sure, consider for themselves sure, on the left. Sure. Tony Blair would is could be considered to be on the left. Well, I, crackpot. The most crackpot people, some of which I may or may not have been associated with in the past, will be on the left. People who blow things up are sometimes considered on the left. And on the other hand, perfectly lovely, decent people who just think, oh, I don't think it's fair that you're allowed to own water companies and rail companies and take all the money for yourself and then pour shit in the sea and make the trains not work. Those are also on the left, and and those people are very different from all the other ones. Those are the people I like, because I think like the the thing that the problem the left faces at the minute is the sort of moderate like where you go, uh, like, did you see that Lockheed Martin had sponsored Pride, a Pride event? And you, you kind of go, I don't necessarily think Lockheed Martin. Um, this having, is the arms company. Yes, having a a, a right. rainbow flag makes them progressive. <laughs> uh, that, no, I can understand I, that. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that, that you know. And you kind of go. Okay, I, what I, you know, you go, hey, you're on the left, what do you want? And you go, oh, you see all that money the billionaires have that they used to go into space or die on a submarine to look at the Titanic. What if we got some of that money and we like invested it in infrastructure and that helped society on the whole? They can still be billionaires, but I, they, they just have slightly less billionaire, less billions than all the billions they have already. And someone else goes, well, you haven't thought about the non-binary squirrels and what were and you go 
what no what the fuck and they go oh do you not want to figure that and you go what are you talking about i do not care about this issue we'll get to your issue let's just sort out why the society on the whole and everyone argues amongst themselves and then like some sociopath comes gets in charge by pretending they're really left wing and then makes themselves a load of money and you go oh right well no one is nothing's ever going to get sold I think you should have to pass a test before you can call yourself on the left. Because otherwise, you could just... Do you see what happens? Yeah, well, all right. (laughs) Otherwise, you can just go around and go, I'm on the left, and I think that King Charles is a rhinoceros. No, but... And and then you go, oh, the left are all mad. No, but you'll do that. Listen to this. I found it on the internet. There you go. But you do that, and then a bunch of the left would start going, it's his right to identify as a rhinoceros, and he should be allowed to say he's a rhinoceros. And then you go, are you fucking insane? And then it'd be on the news. They'd have to report it on the news. King Charles Charles today charged at a Range Rover. Yeah, and has now had to be shot with a dart for his own protection. Meanwhile, a documentary tonight on how King Charles is still being hunted for his tusks. <laughs> oh, it's cruel. It's just cruel. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's what happens. You've got to remember that. Like the bit, it's one percent on one side. That you, all you need is one percent on one side to be mental, and one percent on the other side to be mental. And everyone else is quiet because they're just getting on with their day, and they become the part. Of, and that's that's what the left is. That's why you've now like got people who go like, "Well, I should be able to be a dolphin if I want to be a dolphin." And you go, "Well, that yeah, but not many people say I want to be a dolphin." Enough, enough do it. Well, it's not many say it, but then enough go. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, but they're all thinking it. They're all it's not many go down to these left wing things, and you- they're all in there being left wing. You know what they're really doing? What they once, once they, when they don't think the reporters are there, they're all going, <laughs> no. But what happens? What happens is you go. All right, I don't think you being a dolphin should overtake you know rail travel and everyone that have been able to warm their homes. And then everyone on a certain side get very angry that you go. Well, we should be. They can be a dolphin if they want to be a dolphin. And you go. What do you? What do you? No, but, but there's like children who are starving to death, and they go. Well, once we get the dolphin stuff, we'll work on that. And you go. The, the dolphin should be behind, but their child. Like, but it it's should not. I, there's no one's going on about but you, you said no one is but then i people. give you but i could i but then i give people give you a ton of examples where it does happen not a ton of examples five examples of people who have recently come out of a secure unit no but if you were in court and someone brought up five examples of the crime you were accused <laughs> in of, the world if, I think, no, if it was me if, you if i'd be, done it five times if you and were, you had five examples of me going I really fancy balancing a beach ball on my nose today. And there were four other examples. And then I I started going, I think it's really, really unfair that some of my brothers and sisters get caught up in fishing nets off Greenland. Then, but I, five in the world. No, but five examples of like, if you were in court and you were on trial for stealing coal radios, 
and then they put out five things of you stealing car radios, you would have to go, all right, I'm, I'm going to have to address the allegations. <laughs> I might, that this might be going on. Right. Well, all in all, I think that what we've achieved here is if there is anyone that 15 minutes ago thought they had a pretty good grasp of what the fuck is going on, now they absolutely haven't. Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. Oh, where are you, where are you going to be in Edinburgh so people can hear more of this? I am going to be at uh, <laughs> the Underbelly at uh, five to, well, uh, 21.55 every day during the entire Fringe at the Delhi Belly. I'd love to see that. Tickets are actually shifting quite a bit, actually, so uh, snap them up now. There you go. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it, and if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, definitely write a review. Resign from your job if you have one and dedicate the rest of your life to writing, rewriting, and perfecting a review. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod. And we will look at every message that you send. If you would like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free extended versions for as little as £2 a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on? was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Nabil Abdul-Rashid and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander and Nabil Abdul-Rashid, and it was written by Mark Steele and P. Sinclair. The music was by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios. What the fuck is going on? Was brought to you by WTF Productions. <laughs>